0: for how we need to be bringing up faithful children. There are words that uh, are significant because there are paths that are significant that we need to be taking. God has given us a great plan for self-examination that leads to self-improvement, that leads to home improvement, that leads to congregation improvement that leads to community and ultimately world improvement it all starts doesn't it with that person that looks at us in the mirror we want to make sure that we do these eight things and these are eight words note takers can write these down nap takers I hope you will remember these number one we get to stay we'll talk more about that this morning we get to stay with our spouse, we get to stay faithful to our spouse. We get to stay and never ever stray. We also get to say great words to our spouse. We get to say great words about our. We don't respect somebody who throws off on their spouse, do we? They're kind of throwing off on themselves because they chose that spouse. We're going to think also about displaying. The love. It needs to be something visible. Also, we're going to talk about how we want to play together. Our homes ought to be places of joy and lots of laughter, lots of smiling, and we're going to be praying together. We're going to be talking to our spouse about God. We're going to be talking uh, to God about our spouse. And that's the way it's going to work with our our children as well, right? We're going to talk to them about the Father. We're going to talk to the Father about our children. What a great home it is when we have prayer. And then we're going to be paying, paying each other the respect that is due. But also, we're paying our bills. We can't afford it. We will not be buying it. And then we're going to slay. We're going to put to death those things that if we don't kill them first, they can kill and destroy us and our joyful homes. And then we're going to think about obey. We're going to think about the, the will of our Father, the boundaries that he has for us, the words of instruction that he had, the commands that he has for us that help us again to examine self, improve self, improve family, improve the church, improve the community, improve the world. Again, it all starts with us. Now, think with me, please. For a few moments about this word stay we need to stay together last sunday morning as we were introducing this broad subject of god's plan god's dream his desire for us and our families talked about genesis chapter 2 verse 24 where we are to leave our parents we are to cleave to our spouse and we are to be one flesh we are to leave we are to cleave we are to weave And we talked about the significant word, cleave, and how we're surrounded by forces. The devil wants to put a gap between you and him or you and her between us because when there's a gap, we are weaker, we're more vulnerable to temptation. And we're not going to have the unity, we're not going to have the strength in the family that we ought to have, that we can, with the help of God, have. So we need to stay. And never ever wander. Stay and never stray. Rhyming kind of helps me to remember these things. Uh, the world has a problem with marriage, especially spouses being faithful, being committed to each other, staying and not straying. And it's interesting the way the world describes that kind of behavior. It almost sounds okay. It's called an affair. It's called stepping out. It's called playing around. That doesn't sound so bad. But God calls it adultery. And that's something that that obviously you and I need to avoid. We need to recognize it for the sin that it is. Uh, God has clear language about it. This is Proverbs 6, 32. Whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He who does so destroys his own soul. Again, that's Proverbs six, thirty-two, And for even more graphic language, Proverbs 7, 15 to 27. A significant section of scripture there, again, that I would, I would recommend you examine in greater detail. Just again, depicting God's attitude towards the sin of adultery. Again, getting back to God's plan for us one man one wife for life it's a plan that works it 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 is good for us it is best for us it is best for our children it is best for the lord's church and we need to commit to that we need to stay with our spouse instead of pursuing someone else let's pursue our spouse if we would put the same energy into our marriage that some people put into pursuing a relationship outside the marriage, oh, our homes would be so much more joyful. Our homes would be so much stronger, wouldn't they? If the grass looks greener on the other side of the fence, we don't need to jump the fence. Rather, we need to commit ourselves to watering our own lawn and making our marriage better. So, if we are on the path to adultery, we need to stop. If we're actually engaged in adultery, we need to stop. And we need to be be getting back on our side of the fence. And with the help of God... Loving our spouse as Jesus loves his church. We never need to commit adultery. Number one, because adultery is wrong. Number two, because adultery will always hurt many people. Number three, because adultery will not go unpunished. And number four, we do not need to commit adultery because long ago, maybe some of us more recently we made a promise that we wouldn't do that that we would stick that we would stay and we would never stray number one we'll have great homes let us stay let us stay joyfully with our spouse and then number two we to have a great family great marriage We get to say wonderful words of encouragement to our spouse, about our spouse. I read the most remarkable story about a couple. They had been married without speaking to each other for 12 years. Not one word verbally exchanged between the two of them. If there was some type of emergency and they just had to communicate, they'd, they'd write a note. To the other. Predictably, they got a divorce. They're before the judge. The judge says, I just gotta know. Just gotta know. How did this start? You haven't talked to each other for 12 years. What caused this? Neither one could remember how it started. <laughs> what a tragedy. We just know long ago, for some poor reason they chose to stop saying good words to each other and very likely good words about each other. You know the list of the kind of phrases we ought to be saying to each other, especially, I love you. Those that love each other as Christ loves the church, that should be easily said. That should be frequently said. Also, on our list of things to say, right? I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Dare we even say, You were right? Can we say that? Thank you. You're welcome. You're beautiful. You're handsome. You're my knight and shining. Well, Maybe not that far, but you understand the idea. Why hold back? Let us say those things that boost. Let us say those things that are encouraging. Let us say especially, it seems to me, the phrase, I forgive you. You know, we want to say forgive me, but we also want to say back, I forgive you. I'm surrendering my right to be angry with you, to to pay you back. I'm just going to forgive. They do research on everything, as you know. And there has been some very positive research about the good effect that forgiveness can have on a body. People that are more forgiving tend to have less heart disease, for example. People that are more forgiving, it, it seems like when they have cancer, it, in some research indicates, it, it minimizes the spread. Now, there are exceptions, of course, but it does appear that being a forgiving kind of person isn't just good for our soul, but it's also good for the body. You remember God's guidance on this. About not hanging on to things, just kind of letting it go, let go, let God, right? Ephesians 4, 26, be angry sin not. That's challenging. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. And, and what does that say to us? It's not saying when we're angry at him or her that we're, we're heading west, you know, to, to just keep it alive, to keep it festering, keep it going. It doesn't mean we stay up all night and argue. It means we, we, we deal with it. It means that, that we we have the conversation, that, that we 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 forgive. God helps us to, to do that, doesn't he? When when that is our goal. He'll, he'll provide us the resources to, to make that happen. To, to you know, sometimes what can happen, and you know this, is a couple can argue about something today. But it's really something that happened last week or, or last year or last decade. Maybe some of the words have changed in the argument, some of the labels, but it's basically the same subject as what was festering. And, and now it's infected and it's spread and it's kind of a, a messy situation. I was I was in the hospital room visiting many, many years ago. This This older lady, very sweet lady, and her husband was in there. And, and they're kind of like this couple that you remember seeing on Andy Griffith show. They were good to everybody but to each other. And, and they, were, they would cut at each other, insult each other. And it would be awkward when you'd be around them, you know, in the lobby or, or at a restaurant or something. And, and, and so I was there in the hospital. She's in bed sick, but she's going to be okay. And, and they're cutting at each other, and it's awkward. And, and she said to me, she said, Jeff, would you like to know why I talked to him that way? Now the biblical answer I should give is what? No, it's not my business. I'm not. But I kind of wanted to know. Well, what's going on here? These great, great Christian people. Why are they talking that way? And, and so I said something like, you know, Aquarius. Uh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's up to you if you want to share. And the husband, you know, he's already almost melting into the wall at this point. Good guy, really. Do anything for you. She said, well, Brother Jeff, when I was pregnant with his child, you know that's going to go poorly, right? When I was pregnant with his child many years ago, I was having trouble with the labor, with the delivery. And this, by the way, this is a farmer, you know, a rugged, tough farmer type guy. And, and she said that when I was struggling with the labor, he said to me, as I was having his child, he said to me, if I, had a, if I had a cow that couldn't do any better than that, I mean, you know this isn't going to end well, right? He said, I'd get rid of it. He has completely disappeared now into the wall. He feels so horrible, you know, the body language. And he's, he said, Jeff... It was just a dumb joke. I'm so sorry I said it. She's heard a thousand times. I'm sorry. You know, I just look over her face in the the bed, and she's not going to let it go. Should he have said that a thousand times? No. Men, raise your hand if he should have. Okay, ladies, not a hand has gone up. Not a hand has gone up. He shouldn't have said it. But understand what's happened here. Because he said a terrible thing. And because she could not, would not let it go for decades, for decades, the sun has come up on her wrath. It's gone down on her wrath. It's come up on her wrath. It's gone down on her wrath. And we understand her wrath. But at some point, that wrath becomes such a toxic thing. And it really is such good guidance that God gives us. Forgive Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Deal with it. Don't let it eat you. Don't let it consume you. Forgiveness is not just a gift we give that person who has offended us. It's a gift. It's freedom that we give ourselves. And so let us understand. As I mentioned last Sunday morning, marriage is a union of two good forgivers, Pardon, pardon the word I'm going to use here. It's not a terrible word, but a word I don't feel especially comfortable using in front of such wonderful people. But now you're all listening. Um, we say dumb things. We do dumb things. We say dumb things. Why? We're human beings. We're, I'm not trying to excuse it, but you know we, we've done it. We, we've said it. What are we going to do with that? Are we going to hold a grudge? Are we going to wrath up, wrath down? I mean, just always venom. At some point, we got to say, okay. Forgiveness is a bridge. I've got a cross to be right with my Father, so I'm going to forgive you as God has forgiven me. And say, we're talking about what we say. Let's say, forgive me. Maybe say it a hundred times. <laughs> and then let us say, I forgive you, and let, let's back it up with, with meaningful behavior. Later on, we'll talk about display, the things we display in our marriage, in our family, in all our relationships. And obviously, we want to say, I forgive, but we also want to display, in fact, that we, we have forgiven. Whatever is good to say, let's say it. And and how, how can we do that these days with, with all the communication killers that we have? I've got this... This is, this is a great aid. This is a telephone. This is amazing. This, I understand there's more computing power in this than what first launched the, the, the astronauts into space years ago. I mean, this is a powerful thing. And it can enhance communication, but it also can wreck communication between us and those closest to us. And, 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 and sometimes we, we get obsessed with Facebook and, and texting and Instagram and Pinterest or whatever you got. And those things have a place, but they can't be a part of of something that can be a wedge between between he and she, she and he. Right? Sometimes the, the other man in a relationship, the other woman in a relationship, is a keyboard. It's it's this little thing here, and 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 so we we got to recognize the the, the value of balance that this can't become a session. And what do we do with our kids? Here's your babysitter here, watch this. Mama's got stuff to do. Daddy's got stuff to do. And I get that. I'm not saying it's an evil thing, but I'm saying we've got to monitor that. We've got to keep an eye on that because we're, we're raising them up from early on. This is my best friend. This is my buddy. This is what gets my energy, my time, my eyes, my ears. And this can destroy. You know, we get in the car go home from worship or something. Let's let's have some time of communication there let's turn the radio off let's let's put this down, go to the restaurant and and let's let's interact with each other let's let's be be shutting this down where we can have time and opportunity to actually say those good words i I saw something that kind of blew my mind a while back that one third of all divorce petitions include the word facebook on it, so this is an issue that that we need to We need to recognize and and address. Uh, So we're saying the good words, which means we're not saying the ugly words. And you have some idea of what the ugly words would be. I don't need to give us a list. But we, we recognize certainly never profanity. Never profanity. Never. Especially not in our home. Especially not towards our spouse. We're, we're not to be saying, I told you so. We've got to forego the, the, the joy of saying that. I was right. We've got to resist that. Can't be saying ugly names. Honey works. Gorgeous works. Lovely works. Ugly. Rude. Resentful. That doesn't work. A guiding verse for this can be Ephesians 4:29. let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. And the last part of that passage kind of helps us understand what corrupt is by demonstrating for us what the opposite of corrupt is. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. So we're to be saying words that, that build up. We want to be blessing each other, not blessing out each other i love the song don't you booster booster be a booster don't be grouchy like a rooster we grew up, that's in our spiritual dna we, we we got that injected in us from our earliest childhood days and, and we're always thinking about vacation bible school right want to boost our vacation bible school and we got these awesome shirts that help us boost it and we've got these these cards that we can hand out, we're boosting our VBS, and I'm all about boosting VBS. And I know you are too, and it's going to be amazing. And if you didn't get a shirt, you can sign up and get a shirt. And it, Oh, no, I could go about that. But, but I'm thinking, and I'm sure you're agreeing with me, that we ought to be even more committed to boosting our spouse, to boosting our children. To, to be, I, I say this a lot, but it can't just be a cliche. We really can be the reason our spouse is happy. We can be the reason they smile, reason the kids are smiling. We children can be the reason our parents are smiling. We need to be boosting each other. There's so much bashing and bashing that goes on in the world, and it can bleed over into the home and make the home a very miserable, resentful, venomous kind of place to be. We're better than that. Aren't we? Isn't this a great time of year because we got all these awards going on, the schools and, and, and the, the ceremonies and graduation. Oh, I just love it, don't you? And we're praising and especially highlighting the, the A++ kids and the scholarships they're getting and, the, and, and all the accolades and the trophies that come with that. And I, I'm a big fan of that. And boosting these kids and encouraging them. And and we get these photographers that are taking the most amazing pictures. And there are no flaws. But let's also recognize the accomplishment of the C. The C student, right? That average kid. You know that, that that kid may be putting more effort into that C than the other child puts into the A. I went to kids. They made A's. And I know they didn't work that hard. They just had a gift. And yes, it should be acknowledged. It should be recognized, praised. I'm all for that. I can talk about that a long time. Trust me. But let's also boost the child that isn't as as physically gifted or intellectually gifted as somebody else maybe or doesn't have the best photographer or the fanciest of garments. That child is valuable, too. That, that that child is is creative, is generous, is kind. I'm saying let's boost every one of them. Now I know it's a little bit offset of boosting spouse, but can we just can we cover that too? Can we do that too? Never, never, never pass up an opportunity to boost a child. Aren't children boosting us? I was at a, I was at a, a, a graduation thing the other day, and some little child came up and, and gave me a piece of paper, and it was unsolicited. I didn't offer him a prize for that. I didn't earn it, but it was just a nice little thing. Dear Jeff, I love you and had a nice picture of some other stuff. I don't know if that's, a, if that's a C or an A student or whatever, but I know when, when it comes to generosity and kindness and love and the displaying of it, that kid is an A+ plus plus. Children do that for us. Let's do that for them. Let's do that for one another. Let's cut each other some slack. Let's say to the others. Let's say to everybody. You're made in the image of God. You're purchased with the blood of his son. You're bought with, again, an amazing price. Let's be a booster. Not a basher, especially in our families. Nobody wants to live with a grouch, do they? Uh, Lots of pastures won't. Go into them now with you. Lots of passion. Proverbs reminds us of the displeasure experienced when we're around people that enjoy the gloom, almost celebrate despair, and they're not happy unless they're miserable. Oh, what a shame. What a shame to go through life that way. Let's brighten rooms because we're entering them, not because we're leaving them. Uh, every preacher it seems to me has this illustration in its various forms and I like it Johnny Rings you remember him he lives on an island where the custom is when you're gonna marry a girl a woman you give the father some kinda livestock that indicates the woman's value to you how much you care about her how significant how important she is and so on this island if the if the girl is is not so pretty doesn't have such a great attitude doesn't seem like she can do much doesn't take care of herself well the, the husband the man who falls in love with her he might give that particular lady's father a couple of chickens and she said girls known in the island well she's a two-chicken wife she's a two-chicken woman if the woman is uh, you know a little bit more outgoing smiles more uh, takes care of herself cleans up a little better then then the the, the, the husband the the man might give couple couple pigs and a cow you know and she's known the island so that's a two-pig one-cow girl you know and then think about that well Johnny rings as the story goes he fell in love with a girl he grew in love with a girl who didn't seem to have much of a personality Walked around sh- shoulders slumped didn't have much to say didn't seem to have much to offer wasn't especially attractive to anybody but he saw something real special in her and he loved her and and the day came, right, where he's going to go to this woman's dad's house and, and make the transaction. And in the neighborhood, the islanders, they want to, what's, what's Johnny going to give for her? They think maybe, you know, a rabbit and a hamster, something like that. I mean, not much. But he comes to her house that day. You know, everybody's watching, he's pulling a cow on a rope. He's got another cow and another cow and another cow and and they count the cows and Johnny's, Johnny's bringing eight cows to that girl's father and he's wanting to give eight cows for her. Has Johnny lost his mind? Nobody's ever paid eight cows on this island for a woman until the day Johnny did. Dad, he accepts that deal quickly before Johnny backs out. She's in the house. Eight cows for me? And what's she thinking? I must be pretty special. The wedding comes. Everybody wants to be at the wedding for an eight cow woman. Nobody's ever been to one of those before. It is the event. Everybody's there. She's walking down the aisle. And you know what? (laughs) She's starting to look prettier. And she's hearing whispers. There goes an eight cow woman. After the marriage, right, she's going down the street. She's living her life. People, that's an eight-cow woman. And you know what she starts doing, right? She starts believing in this. She starts lifting her head up, smiling more, taking better care of herself, becomes more outgoing. And you know the rest of the story. Johnny's wife becomes the most beautiful woman there's ever been in these islands. Why? Why? Because he saw something in her. He believed in her. He boosted her. You're married to an eight cow. Cal- no. That's a one-cross man you're married to. That's a one-cross woman. That's what the Bible says. We're not eight-cow people. We're better. We're, we're more important. We're more valuable. We've been purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. That means we have worth. We need to treat each other that way. We need to think of ourselves that way God loved us so much that he paid the highest price for us that means we respect ourselves but it also means we respect those around, especially our spouse let's boost them let's boost them now in future lessons we're going to proceed in this point because I want to talk about a little bit about our volume before we talk about display love, and there, there's a lot to cover. And it's just not, not just in the marriage relationship, but every relationship. We want to say what we say with a volume that doesn't diminish our influence, that doesn't hurt our case, right? You made me angry. You made me loud. You made me raise my voice. No, 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 no. If I'm yelling, I sound foolish. Unless there's a fire, unless somebody's about to step on a snake, then I should yell, of course. When we have to yell to make a point, we've lost the point already. We know that. We'll develop that idea more later. Can we work on this? Can we work on ourselves? Can we, can we ask God to help us? Uh, we're, we're about to sing a song. Jane's going to come and lead us and gives us an opportunity to pray for each other, pray with each other. And, and we have that opportunity. Uh, Natalie Abrams, Wednesday night, came forward, asked us to pray for her. She's been struggling with with uh, with having enough faith and and not being overly anxious. Maybe somebody else needs that kind of prayer, that kind of help this morning. Uh, Maybe it is your day to put on Jesus in baptism for the remission of sins. We also have that opportunity today. If we can help you in any way, would you come please now while together we stand and sing.